Welcome to the Community Hope Podcast. We exist to share hope with more people in more places. For more information on this podcast or our church, please visit communityhope.org. Now stay tuned for our Sermon of the Week. morning community hope we're so glad that you're with us today let's open our hearts to the Lord today And the 
So with that, Lord God, we open our hearts today to you. God, I lift up every single person that is tuning in this morning. I thank you, God, for your plans for every single one of us. And as we open our hearts to you, we open up the opportunity to just lay every fear, every burden at your feet. And in its place, to just begin to lift up praise. You're moving right now, God. 
And we thank you for your presence. You're here in love and mercy and encouragement right now. Peace of God, peace of God. Fill every house right now. Peace of God, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain down. Because I sing. Glad to see you today. Yes, welcome to our live church experience this morning. Yes. If this is your first time maybe connecting with our church, we would love to connect with you. Yep. And so up above, you can just click the connect with us button and uh, fill that out. We would love to get you yep. some get information about our Yeah, we'd love to get to know you. Yeah, That's it. Hey, uh, what else we need to know about today? Uh, also, if you want to like experience more of what we have here at the church, yes. we would love you to hit the pray for me yep. or uh, type on the bottom, you know, hey, love this church or got questions or anything that my favorite the heart button yes and <laughs> if, if you're here with your family and your friends just say who is there hey i'm here yes. with so and so because we'd love to get to know and then other people know who's watching and so that would be awesome that's why we call it an experience yeah we want to interact with you guys yes, absolutely and everybody that's so use that stuff yeah. and uh again remember if you do want prayer just know that when you hit that it goes to a separate category totally separate. Uh, it's private we have um Pastors. our prayer team Pastors are there. Yep. They're ready to meet you and uh, and and pray with you. So make sure we're using that. And even during the service, yep. feel free to comment. Anytime. Yep. I know Brad's comment. anticipating it. We're excited. This is awesome. Hey, mm -hmm. it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, if you have any information that you need to know about the church, you oh, can yeah. always go to our website, update information about yep. service times, about cancellations, what we're doing. Oh, hey, great place to go to get current information on our website. Yep. Man, everything's there. Online giving, any changes, yep. all kinds of stuff. Awesome. All right. Hello, Community Hope. I'm so excited that you joined us online today. I, I'll be totally honest with you. I miss you so much, and I can't wait till we can get back together physically. But for right now, we're going to get together virtually. And so, again, I'm so glad that you logged on. Uh, we just want to remind you that this is an interactive experience, so please uh, chat it up in the comments. Let people know that you're here. Say hi, because we want to know that you're here, and we, uh, we love to interact with you. And also, I just want to remind you that you can click on the button, Request Prayer, at any time, and you'll be connecting live in a separate conversation, one-on-one -on -one with a staff member, and they'll be glad to pray with you there. And at the end of our service, we're also going to be praying together, giving you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. And you can also click a button on that as well. And we'd be glad to, to follow up with you and send you materials and help you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, this isn't the same as being together physically, but we are together virtually. And so I'm so excited that you joined us today. So we are continuing on in a series called Bystander, but I'm specifically going to be answering the question today, did God cause COVID-19. 
But before we get to the answer to that question, I, I want to start off with kind of an illustration. I'm just curious, how many of you online right now have ever purchased an Apple product? If you've ever purchased an Apple product, I want to ask you this question. Uh, did you keep the box? I still have the box to my Apple Watch. I've got the box to my iPhone. I've got the box to my iPad. I've got the box to my, my, my MacBook Pro. Did you keep the box? Just curious. Say yes, I kept the box. And here's, here's the crazy thing. Now, Apple has invested so much. They're some of the best boxes of any product in the world. The, the, how tightly they fit together. There's something about opening it that's just a, it's just a fascinating experience. But here's the odd thing to me about why we would keep these boxes is because nothing else can fit inside of these boxes except for the product which with which it came in. Like it, this isn't like a shoe box that I put other things in. I just I've just kept the box because the box is really cool. But oddly enough, I don't put anything else in it. It's just created specifically for that product. And so I bring that up today because I want to talk about a different type of box today that I believe every single one of us have, and that is a God box. Every single one of us, I believe, have a God box. And why is that? Because I know that God is an infinite being, but yet we're trying to comprehend him with our finite minds. And when we do that, we put limitations on God. We do. And the reason why I want to talk about that today is because what I know to be true is that I believe that there's no greater principle in your life, no, nothing greater that affects your life deeper than your concept of God. Now, you may not actively think about that, but it's true. Your interaction with God is limited by how you perceive him to be. And so examining our God box, taking a moment to actually take a look at it, is really crucial and it's important because today we're going to be looking at the account of John. John recorded for us seven different signs of Jesus and how he, how he came to reveal to us who God the Father was. And John said he wrote in this account with, he had a motive in mind. And that motive was really simple. He said, these are written, these signs are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. John had an agenda, and I have an agenda as well. That's that part right there. I firmly believe that by believing in Jesus Christ, you will experience life in his name. You're going to experience a greater version of life than you could without him. So that's my agenda today, is to help, help you step deeper into that version of life. And so we're going to be looking at what John recorded as the fifth sign. This is in John chapter 9. It's going to be on the screen, but you can follow along as well. It's called the healing of the blind man. So in John chapter 9, verse 1, it says this. As he, being Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Now the disciples, they, they see this. And they recognize that this is a tragedy, that this man has suffered his whole life because of his blindness. And then they ask a very pointed yet powerful question. And the question that they asked was this. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The disciples asked the same question that 
we all ask. Now, obviously, they asked it different, but they're simply asking the question of why. Why did this happen? Why was he born blind? They ask the same question that you and I ask when we see or experience suffering. When we see or experience hurt and pain and tragedy, we ask that same question. Why? Why is this happening? Now, the way the disciples ask this question is is fascinating to me because, see, they believed that there was a connection between sin and suffering. They believed this connection was a cause and effect relationship, that sin causes suffering. Now, on some level, I would totally and completely agree with this, that sin causes suffering. And I believe that sin always causes suffering, but the irony about it is is that that suffering is not always immediate, nor is it obvious. Imagine with me, if you will, that you hit your hand with a hammer, but you felt nothing immediately. It wasn't until that later that night that you're dead asleep and you wake up and all of a sudden you're screaming in pain and your, your hand starts hurting. You'd be asking yourself, what in the world happened with my hand? Because the pain wasn't immediate. So often, the suffering that is caused by sin is not immediate, nor is it obvious. But I believe sin does always cause suffering. And obviously, the disciples believed this as well. And so they wanted to pin this on someone. They wanted to find out who's guilty. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, I find that as a fascinating question because... maybe you think like I do, like, well, how in the world could this baby in the womb sin prior to birth? Like, how how does that work exactly? Well, I want you to know about this kind of superstitious belief that the Jews had. They believed that if a pregnant woman walked into a pagan temple, that not only was she guilty of sin, but that unborn baby was guilty of sin as well. So the disciples are asking you a fascinating question. They're asking the question that you and I ask, and that's the question of why. Why does suffering happen? Why did God allow COVID-19? Or is God causing COVID-19? Why? Why is this happening? It's a very natural, very normal question, but Jesus' answer is quite fascinating. His answer is simply, neither. Neither. See, Jesus is now creating a new category. Neither. Now, the disciples, they weren't expecting that answer. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. Jesus is now introducing to them a concept that they didn't really understand. He's saying that not all suffering is caused by sin. Because, see, they had this God box. They had this God box that God always immediately punishes sin. And that all suffering is the cause of sin. But Jesus says, no, not all suffering is caused by sin, neither. Neither this man or his parents sin. But this happened so that Jesus introduces another concept for us. And it says this, that pain can have a purpose. Now, I'll be very honest with you. This is a principle that I don't like any more than you do. I don't like to endure pain. And... I definitely don't want to think about God inflicting pain on me. 
But Jesus is saying that God can bring purpose even out of our pain. And we know this to be true, even though we don't like it. I mean, look at the life of Jesus. The pain that he suffered for us, it definitely had a purpose, didn't it? And now he's saying that this blind man's pain, his pain has purpose as well. So what I want to speak directly to you is is that maybe, just maybe, perhaps, God could bring purpose out of your pain as well. This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, again, that's an answer or a concept that I'm not really comfortable with, but again, I know it to be true, and that concept is simply this, that sometimes God chooses to display his power on the stage of our suffering. Now, you've seen this, and I've seen this. People's faith was so strong, and it shined through what? Through their suffering. Now, I don't want to go through suffering. I know you don't want to go through suffering, but God can buy back our pain. God can bring purpose out of our pain. And he can even work that all together for your good so that his glory is displayed on the stage of our suffering. That's about what is about to happen in the life of this blind man. But then Jesus says this, As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And here the disciples go, okay, Jesus. <laughs> See, you do this all the time. Weren't we just talking about the blind man? And now, what is this you're talking about, night and day? Like, we're really confused. What, what are we talking about here? Well, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Okay, Jesus is saying to them, you know what? Your, that my identity is never going to be more obvious than what it is right now. Right now, I'm here to bring light. Right now, I'm here to be a healer, not a harmer. Right now, I'm here to show you the heart of Father God. I'm here to show you who he is, that he can redeem, he can buy back your pain, he can bring purpose out of your pain. I'm here to reveal the heart of the Father to you. I'm here to be light. But it's only while I'm here. I'm not going to be here forever. He said, when I'm gone, now you're the light of the world. Now you get to show to others the heart of the Father God. You get to show others the heart of the Father God who's a healer, not a harmer. He, you're Now you get to be the light of the world. And you get to show others how God has brought purpose through your pain. Because we do realize that there's no story without conflict, right? We do realize that there's no testimony without a test. And God can use our testimony of how he brought us through the hurt and the pain and the disappointment and the suffering. Because... Who wants to hear a story about someone who never, ever had a conflict, never, ever had a problem? Yep, my life was perfect, great. Even all my kids got full-ride scholarships, never had a problem. That's no testimony, isn't it? There is no testimony without a test, and it's through that test that our testimony, our light can shine. He said, while I'm here, I'm the light of the world, but now I'm going to give you that responsibility. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, he's given you and I the assignment of being the light of the world. And I can't think of a time in my lifetime where the world never seemed so hopeless and so dark and never needed God's light more now than ever. But I do realize that it seems harder to shine light in that light now more than ever. 
And we may have to use technology to do it. And so I challenge you, bring, be someone who is a hope dealer. Be someone who is bringing hope and light and life wherever you go because that was what Jesus was. That's who he was. He was a healer, not a harmer. He brought hope into hopeless situations. And today he commends us to do the same. So I challenge you, use your power for good and not evil. Shine hope on social media. Don't you dare get on social media and somehow imply that COVID-19 is somehow the judgment of God. Don't you dare get online and somehow try to pin this on God and blame God for this. Because guess what that is? That is a God box. That's the God of the old covenant that we're trying to now to sneak into a new covenant. It's a God box that we need to get rid of. Shine hope wherever you go. Jesus said, I'm doing that now. But now it's going to be your responsibility. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Now, I just really wish we had more information. Like, did, did he do this or did he ask him first, you know? Like, this just seems so weird to pick up some dirt. You know, make some mud and put it on his eyes. But that's exactly what he did. And then what he tells them next is fascinating. He says, go. Leave me. Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. What does he tell this man to do? Now I want you to literally walk by faith and not by sight. And So now this man has a choice, and guess what he chooses to do? He chooses to trust in someone he cannot see based upon the testimony of others. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what he challenges you and he challenges me with, to trust in someone we can't see based upon the testimony of others, based upon the testimony of John, based upon the testimony of Luke, based upon the testimony of James. And now listen to what it says next. So the man went and washed and came home seen. I'm always fascinated by how understated the miracles are. Like, yeah, it just happened, and he went home. And then listen to what happens next. I find this fascinating. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging ask, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claim that he was. Others says, nah, he only looks like him. Do you see this? That the skepticism has never, hasn't really changed. It happens today. It happened 2,000 years ago. That skepticism of, nah, I don't really, I don't really believe it. Because I believe that God is, all, is so evident. He's so present that oftentimes we miss him just like this. I've heard atheists say this, like, well, if God is real... Why don't he just do something spectacular? You know, why don't he just show up and ride it in the clouds? Why don't he just do something spectacular? And I sometimes wonder if God just says, like, like what? Like, what do you need me to do to prove to you that I'm real? Like, do you want me to create a, a rock large enough for you to live on and fine-tune everything around it so that it stands in stark contrast to every other floating rock? Well, I, I did that already. No, no, no. Like, like, we want you to do something amazing. Well, here, I got one. How about I create a 576 megapixel camera and I give one, no, I give two of them to you and I mount them on the front of your face so that you can see with. And then on top of that, I connect that to a 3,000 gigahertz computer, your brain, that uh, despite all our advancements in technology is still a thousand times more capable than any computer that we've created. And on top of that, you realize what's happening right now in your body? that 50,000 cells in your body are going to die and be replaced with new ones before I can even begin finish to tell you about it. No, no, no. See, no, no, no. We want you to do something spectacular, God, like, like a miraculous healing or something. 
When the reality is, is that because of all of this equipment that I described, you're actually a self-healer. You know, you read the statistics, you're starting to read about people who've recovered from COVID-19. Why? Because God has given us this amazing body that can actually heal itself. God has done so many spectacular things for us, but we can often look right past them, just like what we see in this story. The man is standing right in front of them, healed, and they're like, no, 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 that can't be. They're ignoring the miracle right in front of them. So, but he himself insisted, yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, that's me. So what do they do? They brought him to the Pharisees, the man who had been blind. And so now, on the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Will Jesus never learn? I mean, it seems like he does this on purpose. It seems like he's just like poking the religious leaders in the eye. It seems like he's always healing on the Sabbath. So what do they conclude? Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. Why? Because he does not keep the Sabbath. He doesn't fit in our God box. So he can't be from God. They were so convinced they wanted to ignore the miracle that was right in front of them. So what did they do? They call in this blind man's parents. And they said, is, is this your son? Yeah, that's our son. Was he born blind? Yeah. Well, then how can he see? Listen to the parents' response. Well, ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. Why did they answer that way? His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided. Who had already decided what? They'd already made up their minds. Their prejudice, their preconceived notions, Jesus didn't fit in their God box. That anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Nope, Jesus does not fit in our God box, so we're not going to believe. It doesn't matter how many miracles he does. We are not going to believe. So today I want to ask you, what is your God box? What is the box that you can find God too, because we all have a God box. And maybe, just maybe, it's time to give that box away. A second time they summoned him, the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. Listen to what this blind man says next. He's just had it. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. I don't, I don't know at all. I can't explain it all. But here's what I know to be true. What this blind man is saying, and what I was saying to you today is this, is that I don't have to understand everything to believe something. I can't answer to you why COVID-19 is happening right now. I don't have an answer for that. There's so many things that I'm very comfortable in saying those three words. I don't know. But I don't have to understand everything to believe something. You know what? I, there's lots of things I believe in I don't understand. I believe in love, but I can't explain it to you. I believe in energy, but I can't explain it to you. There's all kinds of things that I don't fully understand, but I know they're true. So what does this blind man say? I love this. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, he had a very, very simplistic faith. In so many ways, no matter how many years I've studied the scriptures, no matter how long I walk with God, God keeps bringing me back to a simplistic faith. And my faith is based upon one thing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Either Jesus died and he came back to life or he didn't. If he did, then my faith is on a rock-solid foundation. Nothing will shake that foundation. If he didn't, then this whole thing is made up. 
But the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ is overwhelming. That's the one thing I know. You can throw a lot of arguments in my face, but that's the one thing I know to be true. He said, this one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Is that your story? That you used to be blind and you experienced God and now you see? You don't need any other evidence. You just know that to be true because you've experienced it for yourself. If you haven't, I would love to introduce, introduce you to Jesus today. I was blind, but now I see. Today I ask you, what is your God box? What are the things that you refuse to see because your God is so small? Right now, we have a lot of, we have a lot of reasons to make God small. Why? Because what's happening right now is we have a big old box of worries. We got a big old box of fears. We got a big old box of things that are just causing us anxiety. And then we come to God and we think, well, maybe I could trust God with this. And so we take some of our worries and we put them in God, we give them to God, and then we wait. Wait, hold up, God. You're not doing anything about that. I better take that back. And we don't truly trust God because we give him some of our worries and he doesn't change. So I, what I would challenge you today is I think it's time to trade in your box. It's time for you to get a bigger God and smaller worries so that you don't just trust God with your worries. You actually give him your entire life and your life can now be hidden in Christ Jesus. And so today I want to challenge you that maybe, just maybe, you've put God in a box. That maybe, just maybe, God is bigger than you ever thought he was. That perhaps God is bigger than you were taught he was. John experienced such this massive God that he had to write down what he saw and what he heard. And he tells us, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That was John's agenda, and that's my agenda today as well. And so I ask you, have you committed your heart and your life to Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in him? If you haven't, I would love to pray with you today, give you the opportunity to put your faith in Jesus Christ, to come to him with your God box and say, yes, I've limited you. And because there were things that didn't fit in this box, I didn't want to see you. I didn't, there was hurt and pain that I experienced, and I wanted to pretend like you're not there. Because, see, we can go to one or two extremes when it comes to this global pandemic that we're experiencing right now. We can go to one extreme with our God box and say, well, God's causing this. Or we can go to this other extreme and say, ah, there's no way I can believe in a God who would allow such hurt and pain. So God can't be real. Maybe, just maybe, the truth is somewhere in the middle. This isn't something God caused. This isn't something God prevented. This is something God allowed, and I can't explain to you why. But what I know to be true is, is that today, he asks you, would you take your worries and give them to God? Would you give him your fear, your anxiety? Would you trust him today? Have you ever done that? Or maybe it was a long time ago, and since then, you've fallen away. Would you pray with me right now? The words we say aren't important. It's really the expression of what's going on inside of our heart. Would you pray with me right now? Would you say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and my life. I'll put my faith in you. I realize that I've, I have boxed you in. 
And right now, I trust you with my heart and my life and my future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See, because what's happening right now with this coronavirus, it's making us realize how much we are afraid of death, of how fragile our lives really are. And if you prayed that prayer with me, would you click that button and say, I gave my life to Jesus. We would love the opportunity to follow up with you, send you some material, send you a gospel of John, let you know that we're praying for you. We'd love to encourage you. The last thing I want to ask of you is, if you've been listening to today, type in the comments there, this is what, you, this is what I heard today. What's your takeaway? What was your main thing that you heard me say today that you're going to carry with you into this week? What was that? Would you type that up in the comments right now? The final thing I was going to ask you to do is you may be watching this right directly on our website or maybe you're watching this on Facebook. We will be sharing this link with you so that after, after our broadcast, you can be sharing that, like it and share it with many people because I want to give you just this really simple, practical way that you can be sharing hope today, even on your news feed. Would you be commit to sharing hope? Let me pray a bl- prayer blessing over you. God, I bless every single person that's watching today. And today I speak blessing over them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. Give you peace and give you rest. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. If you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, would you do that? Would you follow us on Instagram? Would you follow us on social media? Because that's our primary way of communicating with us. And I'm going to challenge you. Do something this week. Do something tangible. In fact, I want to challenge you today. Maybe, just maybe, you would use your phone for what it was intended for. And would you call some people today? And just say, I just wanted to check in on you, see how you're doing. Can I pray with you? Would you just share some hope? Do, you've got more downtime now than you've ever had before. So you don't have any excuses. Would you do something proactive to share hope with somebody today? Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today for Community Hope Online. If you were impacted by this sermon or if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Community Hope on Facebook and Instagram or at our website, communityhope.org. Thanks for listening and we hope to see you next week.